Okay, kiddos, without further ado, I want to keep reading our book here. I'm at work now, and i got a little bit of time. Everybody else is watching TV, so I figure I can read a book. Um, we left off at chapter 28. Last thing King Lander said was he's not going to sit around and wait for the dragons to attack him and defend even though defending is a worthwhile and noble pursuit, he's going to go attack. I like the sound of that. Okay, chapter 29. Lander continued over the gasps of the crowd. That's right. I am attacking the dragons. I know it sounds mad, but it's the best strategy I can think of. It's the only thing that will surprise them and perhaps unbalance them. I believe it's our only chance. And I will lead whoever is willing to fight alongside me into that, that last battle. Lord Blackstar sprang up onto, the near, onto a nearby barrel, his sons John and Dane flanking their father. I will fight beside my king. A cheer rose from his own soldiers, and many more joined in. And all my fighting bucks have traveled here from Kingston to fight for our king and his cause. We are no small force already that came by water, but more are coming over land and should be here soon. We will all attack the dragons with you, Lander King. The Kingston bucks cried out in agreement. The crowd of local soldiers, awed by the famous but long-thought-lost hero, buzzed with his unexpected appearance. Many had never seen him in person, and they gazed in amazement as if a storybook had come to life before their eyes. Captain Massey leapt to the top of a barrel and raised his bow. "'My bow is yours, my king!' I'm with you to the end. I, my king, Captain Brindle Cove called, I volunteer. I am with you, shouted Captain Walters. I am a king, Buck, and I will go with you wherever you go, your majesty. I am a king's buck, and I will go with you wherever you go, your majesty. More rose all raising their fists or weapons and freshly declaring their allegiance to the king and his cause. Chief Heckle shouted over a few nearby competing declares of allegiance, Aye, King Lander, the Drekkers shall fight with ye. We shall swing our slings and attack alongside our brothers here gathered. Ye can count on us. Another cheer. More and more cheers blended together. King Lander, standing on that makeshift pyramid with Riley, Lord Blackstar, Massey, Walters, and now many more, raised his hands one last time for silence. Listen, friends, we leave in one hour. Report to the same officers you reported to in the last army, but this time tell them you're volunteering for this mad adventure. Officers all, 
gather your soldiers and then meet me in an hour at this very spot. You'll have your orders and we will attack. I know we are few, he said, scanning the now quiet crowd, but we are enough to cause them some trouble, perhaps a lot of trouble. And in the thick of the battle, who knows what unexpected bequests may come. Just then, he looked out over the camp and saw a rabbit army marching toward them from the southeast. Captain Massey laughed and, pointing to the marching bucks, shouted, Here comes Captain Gavin and the rest of the Kingston force. More black stars for our fight. Lander beamed. Welcome them in, Bucks. Gavin leads them in. The Buck who saved my life on board the Lily. Make way there. They made way, dividing to create a wide gap for the fresh Kingston force to jog through. Gavin, the once feeble white rabbit who had indeed pulled the young Prince Lander to safety before the ship was destroyed so many years before, knelt at the head of the army. Your Majesty, we are your servants. We stand ready to follow your commands. Lander hurried down the stacked barrels with help from his fellows, limped quickly to Gavin and swallowed the older soldier in an emphatic embrace. Gavin, he cried, I'm so glad you're here, sir. Oh, there's the phone ringing. I don't have to answer it. Gavin, he cried. I'm so glad you're here, sir. It's a pleasure to see you, sir, Gavin replied, squeezing the king back. They broke apart and Gavin placed a gentle hand on the king's shoulder. I'm so sorry to hear about your dear father. There will never be another like him. A hero for all time. I'm sorry you couldn't see him before the end, but Lander said, turning to Lord Blackstar and Massey and motioning them over. When they had joined the small circle, Lander whispered, Please join me at his grave. They nodded, and Lord Blackstar said, We would be honored. Your Majesty, to attend with you. While Captain Walters and the other officers organized the army into the King's strategic divisions, a small band gathered at the north edge of camp, then departed. Lander led the way, Lemuel beside him. Three silent soldiers followed the royal brothers, all members of the old Black Star Company. Lord Fleck Blackstar walked alongside Captains Massey and Gavin. After a long, winding walk through impossibly dense thickets and over stone boulders, they arrived at last to that oval clearing with a solitary tree in its midst. In an ornate wooden casket, the fallen king lie. Queen Lily knelt beside the casket, heedless of the snow. A few trusted officers had brought the king's body here, 
and they stood at a distance, heads hung low. Lander and Lemuel crossed to Mother, kneeling beside her. Lander wept again, and the three of them hugged one another. Finally, Lander rose and spoke softly. We must go, Mother. I am going to attack them. Lily smiled. Good. She motioned for Fleck, Massey, and Gavin to come forward, and they knelt by the king's casket, paying their respects. Then the five of them closed the casket and lowered the king down into the ground. Shovels in hand, they buried Whitson Mariner near the tree. Lander smiled. It would be lovely in the spring when this tree would make for a shady spot. He hoped to see it. They stood above the grave and mother said, the prester will come and say the words. We will gather again. We will sing perhaps after. Yes, mother, Lander agreed. For now, go with those officers back to the camp. Go into the mountain and lead those kept there. She nodded. I will try to have Grant move there too. Thank you, mother. Son, an oracle from your mother, she said, gazing at his eyes. It is a time for fighting. These enemies are not reconcilable. Your father tried with Grimble, but with Namaz, son, there is only one language he understands. War and death, Lander said. Yes, she replied, taking his face in her hands. War and death are the words he must hear. Speak to him, son. Speak to him. Lander nodded gravely. Yes, mother, I will obey. She smiled, tears spilling from her eyes, stared at him a long moment, and then kissed him. She crossed to Lemuel and had quiet words with him, away from Lander's hearing. Then she was gone, accompanied by the officers who had waited on her. Lander turned to his four companions. We have buried, but now we must uncover. The others looked at each other, puzzled, then back at the king. What are we digging up, your majesty? Massey asked. An old relic so dangerous, my father would never even touch it. And do you plan to touch it, sir? Gavin asked. I plan to do much more than that, Lander said. Chapter 30 Lander told them about the star sword as they dug. Lemuel had known a little, but the others were almost entirely unaware of the existence of the ancient blade. Lemuel frowned. So father was convinced he shouldn't ever use it or handle it 
because he was certain that if he did, he might kill everyone he loved with it? Lander nodded. That's right. And you want us to help you get it and use it now on the first day you're king? Lemuel asked. Yes, Lander replied. I'm going to use it. Are you sure you're right about all this, Lander? Lemuel asked. The attack plan, the volunteer army, and the ancient death blade our father was afraid to touch? I mean, are you sure this is the right path? Lander scratched his chin. Of course not, Lem, but it's the best way I know to be faithful to our father's way. To do lots of things he never would have done? Lander nodded. To be the buck he raised me to be. To be who I ought with my particular gifts. To work to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish and wanted me to accomplish in the best way I know how. Fleck turned from his digging. You're right, King Lander. It might not work. Probably won't work. Your father, at his best, only wished you to go farther, to do better than him. He would be proud of this bold stroke. And if it doesn't work, Gavin added, we'll all be dead anyway. Really takes the pressure off, Massey said. Soon they had dragged the wooden cask to the surface. They pried open the top and Lander gazed inside. The blade was wrapped in a soft blanket. Before I take the star sword, here is what we must do, Lander said, turning to his companions. Lemuel and I are going to make a vow, and you three are here to witness it. And should he fail or fall, you three are pledged to follow through on his task. Do you understand? I think I will understand when you have explained it, Lemuel said. I can't agree to what I don't know. Lander shook his head. You already agreed. You said you'd do whatever I command. It was not long ago, brother. What is it? Lander, he asked warily. Lander produced a bottle from his pocket. This is a substance that you must keep with you. You must give me your word that you will not give me this bottle unless, unless I voluntarily bury again this blade in a secret place that I cannot access without your help. But why can't I give you this? Lemuel asked. We are short on time, brother, Lander said. Do you give your word? Yes, he replied. I give you my word. Say it. Your word to do what? Lander asked. 
I will not give you this bottle unless you have buried Flint's stone blade in a secret place you cannot access without my help. And you three agree to support him, even against me. Reluctantly, they agreed. Good, Lander said, and drew another bottle from his other pocket. Unstoppering the top, he drained the contents in a long drink. That was Father's memory tonic. No, Lemuel cried, stepping forward. That's poison, Lander. Dr. Grimes said that would kill you. It will, Lander said. If I don't have the antidote in the next week or so. And you, he said, nodding to the bottle in Lemuel's hand, have the antidote. Lemuel's mouth twisted in anger. I didn't agree to see my brother die. Yes, you did, Lander replied. Yes, yes, you did. You must. It is absolutely essential. Lander reached into the wooden cask and uncovered the blade. He laid hold of the handle and drew it out. It was smooth and curved and curved back and forth along its edge. Like the night sky, the black blade seemed to sparkle. Lander's eyes widened and his heart raced. The blade was surprisingly light and it fit in his grip as if it had always belonged in his hand. He gazed at it with a growing grin, his mind teeming with thoughts of conquest. He felt on fire to bring it to battle. Then he heard a cough and saw that his companions were staring at him, each deeply concerned. He nodded, then turned back to Lemuel. Will you give me the antidote? Lemuel stepped back, reaching for the bottle. Glancing at Lord Blackstar, he shook his head. He turned back to the king. No, Lander. Lander stepped forward, gripping the star sword tightly. He stared long at the black blade once again. It seemed almost as if he was gazing at the stars on a clear night. He grinned sighed, then pointed the sword at Lemuel. Give me the antidote, Lem. Give it to me now. Chapter 31 Lemuel looked over at Lord Blackstar, Massey, and Gavin, They all stepped forward, hands reaching for their blades. No, Lander, I won't give you the antidote. Lander gazed into his brother's eyes. He smiled, lowered the sword, and nodded. Good. That's what it might come to. You have to keep your word no matter what. You have to stand up to me. 
This is how we can use this weapon. I alone will bear it, and I alone will die if I don't bury it again. And you must let me die if I don't have the will to let go of the sword. Lord Blackstar winced. It would be too easy for you to take the bottle from Lemuel by force. The three of us will bury it somewhere that only we know. We will never tell where it is, no matter what you do. Lander nodded. Very good. I will return to camp and await you there. Do as you said and then come to me. I'll come with you, Your Majesty, Lord Blackstar said, and they can tell me later where they buried it. Lander started to object, felt a deep, keen need to object, but he turned and hurried away with Lord Blackstar. I wanted them all to go together because I wanted to follow them and see where they hid it. He was ashamed, but fighting down a well of pride, he he told what he had planned to do to Fleck Blackstar. He finished. I hardly even knew what I was doing. Lord Blackstar listened, then replied, It's a brave thing to say, sir, and I don't know that I would have had the courage. We are about to do a mad thing, Lander said. I can't let my pride end at all before it's begun. Perhaps that's what happened with Flint, Lord Blackstar said. Lander nodded, and they hurried to the camp. Lander, having set the bold course of the army, leaned on Lord Blackstar in the officer strategy session. Fleck, consulting with the king and his captains and lords, made the plan of attack. Soon the army was massed and every officer instructed in his part. Lord Blackstar stood up, stood upon a high cart alongside the king and raised his hands for silence. Good soldiers, it is time. They shouted a cheer. We take our fight to the dragons, led by our brave king. A long time ago, I pledged my life to him and to his father, to every blessed heir of their line. I had no sword then, but we have a sword on our side that none have seen in battle for ages. I had been forsaken by my dearest friend then, but today I stand beside countless volunteers who are ready to do as I did, to fight for the king and his cause. We will make our oath together, friends. They cheered, and the king stepped forward. He motioned for Lemuel to join him, and the short prince hurried onto the cart, bowing to his brother and king. Lander reached inside his shirt and drew out the two gem-centered pendants. The two gem-centered pendants. He took off the green ember and held it high. Unless and until I have a son worthy of the inheritance, I name Lemuel Whitson my heir. 
he will bear the green ember now. The army was silent, reverent. Lemuel bowed again, bending to his knee as he received the ancient emerald. Lander turned back to the gathered bucks. I am done with speeches. It is time to let our weapons speak. I will only say this. As my father gave his blood for us, so I will give my blood for you. I will live and die for you. Because our vulnerable ones are doomed if we fail, I will not quit this task until we have achieved victory or death. Blackstar shouted an echo, but the whole company joined. Victory or death? Now, friends, Lander continued, be brave and keep faith. Blackstar knelt, and the whole army knelt. Hands over their hearts, they shouted out together, My place beside you, my blood for yours, till the green ember rises or the end of the world. My blood for yours. Lander whispered. Lander led them, marched back to the riverbank across from Barren Point, with Grimble Island visible on their left. The riverbank was deserted except for a small advance force of Lander's army, which held the beach and the ship just out in the river. Steadfast. As the ship began the long task of ferrying the entire army in shifts to the other side, Lander met with his commanders and scouts. What report of the enemy, he asked. The chief scout, sitting beside Captain Walters, bowed his head. Sir, the dragons are massing on their central mountain. They have seven mountains, as you know, and the central one is where they are gathering. Their stronghold is being reinforced from the southwest and northwest, and they muster their army at its base. It seems all of dragonkind is there. It is a forbidding horde, if I must, if I may say so. Walters coughed. We had also hoped to be reinforced from the southwest, but we haven't heard from our messengers. Regardless, it is as your majesty guessed, the dragons are preparing to attack, but aren't prepared to be attacked. And the Grimbles? Blackstar asked. Walter shook his head. There are some rabbits with the dragons on their mountain, but they are separated and seem bewildered. The scout nodded. Walters continued. The Oathbreaker's camp is nearly deserted. They seem to have fled, but toward the dragon's stronghold. Did you see Grimble himself? Lander asked the scout. No, your majesty. Do they have their own scouts out, watching for us? None, sir. If you had to guess, Lander asked the scout, when would you say they will be prepared to march out for their attack? Sir, I've watched the dragons for years. I know their ways. I would bet my fortune 
if I had one, that they will not march until evening tomorrow. Lander looked around at his commanders. Then we attack at dawn. And that's the end of chapter 31, kiddos. Okay, I love you very much. I kept myself from stopping and commenting like I do way too often, but there are so many cool things in this story to talk about. But anyways... I'll let y'all go. I love you, kiddos. And uh, give your mommy a big hug for me. But don't extend bedtime by 20 minutes just because I said to go hug mommy. So give mommy a hug and get back to bed. Okay, love you guys. Hope you have a great day tomorrow. Bye-bye.